Welcome to Rockin' the Dad Pod, episode three. Hitting Woo. it hard. Yeah. Wicked. Wicked had. Wicked had. <laughs> uh, Brian's got his Celtics. I mean, Brian's happy. His Celtics won by a blowout. He's got his Celtics hat on. We're, we're pretty uh, pumped about that. It's beautiful. For now. And then they're going to lose by 30 in the next game. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're so, climbing the charts. Yeah. Ooh, a little music reference there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the billboard charts. This episode uh, is number three for us. Uh, it was pretty cool, close to home for me. And my dad joined us, Adam Soderberg, uh, Reverend Dr. Dad, or he signs his text messages and his emails because uh, he's a Reverend Doctor or Dr. Reverend, one of those two. Um, and he's just, he, he was a rock star to me growing up because he played in bands uh, in my childhood. And uh, he's a rock star now because he plays music at church on Sunday. And so we just talked about music. It was a little bit about just generically about music, but, it, you know, we talked the involvement of being a dad in that and some mm. of the subjects along that. Um, but Did he ever fun. wear leather pants? I think that I'm going to use for the photo. I have some ones. He has zebra prints with some frills on the oh, side. Oh, I've got to look that. He mentioned I can't on the believe podcast, I didn't think to ask him that. He mentioned on the podcast, my mom's scrapbooking stuff. <laughs> I have the albums in the other room and there's some pictures in there. I'm going to try to use one of those as the featured image uh, of him amazing. with some a perm. <laughs> and some frills and you know we'll, we'll bring it up because he'll be back on the podcast at some point we'll bring it up then i heard uh, perms are coming awkward. back uh, i don't know like on guys beard? well it's already curly but i know right i did say i think i think we're gonna see and maybe i'll stay to here i've said i've said it i think guys are gonna start bleaching their hair again i'm down with it like eminem i used to Just do wait. it wait it's 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 about to come full circle. Mullets are coming back again, and bleached hair. Mullets bleached hair. first. You heard it here first, and then bleached hair. Brian Keyser, bleached hair is coming back. Well, mullets already back. Mullets are basically back now. Well, yes. So, so bleached hair is next. Next coming. So yeah, but so my dad joined us to talk about music and growing up with my dad. Some cool stories. Uh, and if anybody really wants to, I, I had my dad on my po other podcast like episode one a year almost a year ago and he had some other stories about um growing up and all that stuff with me too and i can put a link in the in the post on our website uh, as well to that because that was fun too but um it's a lot hard to do three people talking and not keep it under an hour and a half so we're a little bit over an hour and a half on this <laughs> one um but i hope you enjoy that and uh brian had fun did you have fun i did it was a good time i have met your dad obviously this yes. summer when I uh, officiated your wedding, and Boom. so it was fun to uh, reconnect with him, hear some stories about growing up and playing in bands. Um, I played in bands grow like growing up and right as I became a father, so it's kind of neat to hear from his perspective. Obviously, we were at very different time periods, but yes. still similar. He actually talked about making some money actually being in a band. I don't know what that's like. No, but no one knows what that is like that. No, I spent a lot of money to be in bands. But and I mentioned I meant to ask that mention this on the thing too and mentioned it earlier was I don't think my dad ever had to try to sell pre-sell tickets either, which is something that the world changed into when we were in bands and playing. Oh my and gosh. It's like the idea that you could only play this show if you sold 20 tickets to the event. Yeah. Uh, that was that's something the worst that thing that ever happened. It's awful. No one should do that. Especially if you did that, shame on you. Well, I mean, if you played a show in Hamden or in Bangor or in Brewer and you're in this local area, it makes a little bit sense because you're from there. But it was yeah. like you travel to New Hampshire and no one knows who you are. And they're like, you need nah. to sell 15 tickets to get a spot in the show. And it's like, what? And then you end up buying those tickets yourself. It's like, right. it makes no sense at all. But it Ridiculous. was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, It was a good time. 
yeah check us out obviously if you're listening to this you already know where to check us out but if someone shared it you can find us on facebook on instagram apple Podcasts, and spotify my new personal favorite yes as i made the switch from spotify to apple music and now i'm going back back a little shameless plug there and you can follow on all of them. There's yeah. follow buttons, there's like buttons, there's share buttons, there's I don't know what all it is. Follow all the things like, that you can do. Subscribe. Do yes. Get into it. Get into it. Uh this is episode three of Rocking the Dad Pod with Adam Soderberg. I think I'm gonna call it and I'm, I'm saying it here. Uh, my dad is a rock star. That's the name of the episode. There it is. Yeah, have it. S- spin the music. Cue the lights. Cue, cue the lights. How's it going, gentlemen? Oh, hello. Can I speak now? Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed. And yeah. I use gentlemen. A gentleman is a very loose term here. Absolutely. <laughs> We're blessed. How was your Easter? Ah, uh, great. It was boring. <laughs> did you did you crack eggs? Oh, we were going to. So, so for me, uh, anyway, I talked to Dad. Obviously, I talked to you on the phone a little bit or via FaceTime. We were going to, I had a very anxious day yesterday, just random anxious day that I was just, I don't know if it was the weather or whatnot, but I just was going to boil some eggs and all that stuff. And I just gave up <laughs> and I just, we just watched TV and hung out. <laughs> we Gretchen boiled a bunch of eggs, I think like Friday maybe. And they're still sitting, not colored or anything. We just, <laughs> things just kept snowballing. And then last yeah. night the kids were like, can we dye eggs? And we're like, no, it's too late. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. But we did all the other Easter things. Now we yeah. got a week, a week's worth of egg salad sandwiches to look forward <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Right. So a funny thing about egg salad sandwich, is it technically also a chicken salad sandwich? Whoa. Oh, because oh. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeez, the dad chick- jokes I mean, egg, already. Egg. I guess we'd have to call it a pre-chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can only use it for appetizers. You can't use it for the main core. <laughs> it was just one of those, like, is a pot tart a sandwich? All those little things. I learned that one. Like uh, a hot dog. You know. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, right. I Ooh. think it is. By the way, I have been practicing my dad jokes. It is part of the requirement, right? I mean, I sent is... him a book. Yeah, I have it. I, I, they also got me a book for work. I have I, one copy of a different book at work for dad jokes. I've got one at home on the coffee table. Uh, yeah. And I just, I'm actually pretty read. good at it anyway. I just, I, they roll off my tongue anyway. <laughs> Your Mom and I just drove up to Worcester for hot dogs last week. I saw that. I Ooh. want you guys, next time you guys go up there, you have to buy some sauce and send it up to me. So, okay. Cause I'm not <laughs> traveling anytime, anytime soon. So, <laughs> well, she'll bring some up when she comes up when we have the baby. Absolutely. Well, you'll come up for a bit too, but absolutely. So episode three, oh, by the way, that is the egg that won Papa on one side. And um, Nova on the other. On the other side. Look at that. <laughs> but, so I don't know, Brian, if you know, uh, we do an egg cracking contest at our family. Oh, so basically, no. the Lithuanian we, tradition. You boil a bunch of eggs, you color them, and you have your own like team. And one person cracks the top, like top to bottom kind of thing. And if you get yours cracked, you flip it over and the 
egg that survives the end wins. And hmm. it's been a tradition in our family for, I mean, it's yeah. your family, right? Your, yeah. Your if, you, um, if you, if you Google it, you'll see egg tapping. It's called egg tapping. It's a Lithuanian tradition. Huh. I've never heard of that. That's good. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's- I introduced it at church with the kids. I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, and they looked at me like I was nuts. And then by the end of it, they were like, "This is cool." <laughs> the uh, the funny thing is, is uh, as you get older, like as you're younger, you're like just painting eggs and doing things. But then, as you get older, you're like, "How can I protect? Can I like color the bottom of the egg with some crayon to see if it's it enforces the bottom?" <laughs> like, there you go. Can I add? Should- can I add a sticker to the bottom? Is anybody gonna know if there's a sticker on you the bottom? You should slip a real egg in, so then when you crush on someone else's, just yeah, it's all we over. Should- or a wooden one from yeah. You know. Yeah, there you go. Those fake eggs. I buy the GMO eggs. They're stronger. <laughs> <laughs> They've got steroids in them. It helps, like you know. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, you always like we always like again talk about we were you know joining this podcast to talk a little bit about like music and 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 bring your children up but um we used to like draw our favorite bands on there or the bands that you were in like when you know jeremy was in a mm-hmm. band or so on he'd paint on his like sound bender or whatever and mm-hmm. and uh but it was funny and then you put like a celtics one and there's always been a swedish one it's just it became this thing and then and then they all get destroyed on easter because you crack them and then That's you have right. a bunch of eggs that hard-boiled eggs that are all cracked that are back in the container and and, and most everybody doesn't care for them so i end up eating dozens of eggs <laughs> That's awesome. when, we had, when we had dogs, you could feed the uh, yolks to the dog. All the kids oh, there you go. feed the yolks to the like dog. Farts all day long. Though. Oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> <That'd> be <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> but that's being uh, a dad. No, um, there you go. That's right. Back to music. <laughs> so uh, we uh, just a little update. We record this on a Monday for a Friday release on a Friday. Uh, this we just got back from the doctor's office. We had thirty-one week checkup. Uh, we're actually going to get another uh, ultrasound next week. Um, he's, cool. They said because he was measuring a little bit big, they thought just doing it. And then our doctor today was just like, no, forget this. Let's just do it anyway. So next Tuesday, we're going to have another ultra, uh, a third trimester ultrasound. Uh, awesome. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, and I'm nice. getting my vaccine tomorrow. Ah, which one are you getting? Uh, Pfizer. I'm with Northern Light. There you go, Brian, for you. There you go. Northern I had Light. To- I had to skirt the system. I went, I got my first one like a week ago at Walmart. <laughs> See, oh, all right. And I was going to too, but every time I call somewhere, they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I just felt like it was some oh, like, yeah, 17 I had year old to... person answering the phone who did not know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I called a few places and then they all look, were real sassy to me. And then I called <laughs> Bangor and I was like, so I heard you have this secret list where I could get put on a uh, waste list. And they're like, yeah, you want to get on it? I was like, sure. And then they <laughs> ended up calling me last last Sunday night. And they were like, hey, we they were like, if you get here before we close, we'll get you one. So I zoomed out and wow, that one. But yeah. And then everyone could get them now. So, yeah. So I got the Johnson and Johnson one and done. Yeah. See, I was jealous about that. I kind of wanted the one and done. I mean, I was expecting to. But when I showed up, the, the lady said, oh, well, we're going to give you the Johnson Johnson today. I said, Absolutely. one time. I th- that's like the holy grail around here. I think everyone wants that, but nowhere seems to have it. Wow. Yeah. So. I heard through a rumor that soon they'll have them for doctor's visits, like actually at your doctor PCPs. Yeah. Oh, so you could go to your doctor. Yeah, that would have been nice. 
Yeah, I know Northern Lights doing that just because the refrigeration requirements are different, yeah. so they could have yeah. it at those types of places. But. but I'll be at the Cross Insurance Center on nine and tomorrow morning at nine fifty five to get my first shot. Uh, and then it was cool because when I found out I could register because they opened it up for, excuse me, for Wednesday. But um, I guess if you had the resources in the, the shots, basically the main main government said just give them. Like Wednesday's the day technically they'll open it up to everybody. Yeah. But if like Northern Light has shots and appointments, just don't let someone not get it on Tuesday because Wednesday's yeah. the day. And so okay. I scheduled mine and all the staff at OBC all scheduled theirs. And so now we're all going to be hopefully uh, mid-May fully vaccinated, which would be really nice to have that done. So. I'm well, it's too bad you couldn't have got the Johnson Johnson because it makes you crisp. Yeah, see, look yeah. at that. <laughs> see, callback. It's going to be that, David that Letterman the entire show. Is you're just going to keep calling back the joke from the beginning. But uh, but yeah, so music. So uh, what's funny about music is that um, the sons of my dad here, so me and my brothers, don't listen to a lot of the same music that my dad does. Um, but it was one of the coolest things I think growing up to know, to have listened to music. Um, you didn't listen to music. We didn't want to listen to it. That makes any sense. Or didn't play music that we weren't interested in listening to you play. Like um, it was something that like you passed along to us. And obviously it's morphed because the music that would, you know, my brothers and I listened to aren't, it wasn't around when you were playing, uh, uh, right. playing bars and restaurants and playing music. Right. So it's a little bit, you can't, things have evolved over the years and so on. But, but still to this day, when I listen to a radio and a song comes on that your band's covered, mm -hmm. I don't remember the band that played this song originally. <laughs> to me, yeah. I hear, I hear Solstice or, or, you know, whatever played that song, not the original artist. So uh, it is, it's, it's ingrained in me over the years. <laughs> every once in a while, I'll hear something too. And I'll go, you know what? We did that better. <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud of it. Uh, but but it was a different, but, I mean, it's it's a matter of taste, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, when I first started, uh, you remember Rich, mm -hmm. Rich Rinaldi. Um, he, he was 21 years old. He walked down the street to where I was living in Byfield, Massachusetts. I was 15. So do you want to be in a band? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, luckily for me, Rich was really into vocals. So we did a lot of harmonies, Eagles and Journey and Sticks. And I mean, if there wasn't quality singing, I wasn't really all that exposed to it. So where some of my friends were getting off into Black Sabbath and Kiss and whom I've come to appreciate very much. But at the time, uh, if you couldn't sing, yeah. it wasn't quality vocals. I wasn't interested in it. So that's what you guys are mostly exposed to is um, good bands, you know, uh, Journey, Stick, stuff like that, Queen. Uh, but there was quality singing. And, and I kind of miss that in a lot of modern music. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I know Brian knows. I mean, a lot of this heavy stuff, there is this mixture that um, I want music. I listen to a lot of heavier things. So there's a lot more screaming involved and so on. However, when I want to hear something that's actually not that, I do appreciate the singing more. So if you listen to a, a rap artist or someone like that that has auto tune or slurs their words because they think it's fun or whatever i definitely don't appreciate that as much as something that has a good good singing like i do appreciate a good singer um it, but to me it's really funny i whenever i listen to music it's more like i want you to be a 
heavy band that's a dude singing and if i want to listen to clean vocals a lot of times it's a female singer and that's just because i don't know at the time it's what i want um but i i do appreciate a good singing voice i said there's some people that are clean vocals that just aren't good and i won't listen to that and that's one thing about music you know again it's all personal taste i'm not condemning or judging anybody um but uh let me shut off my email because it's gonna keep making noises every time i get an email <laughs> at least you're not like a, like i watch cnn or, or the news or whatever and someone's doing those zoom calls now and they're getting phone calls and text yeah. message things oh speaking <laughs> of which i should i should deaden my phone too i should do that as well <laughs> yeah and uh of course you don't know that i'm sitting here in my underwear but yeah no. exactly that's the thing <laughs> but um it is a matter of taste i'm not judging or condemning anybody else's stuff but one of the things that uh, I've think I think music has lost is humans. <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> auto tune. Yeah. I mean, back when I was playing, you couldn't be in front of a microphone unless you could sing. Yes. Because you couldn't fake it. Mm. Uh, when we, when when Mom and I saw Queen live, and it got to that part in Bohemian Rhapsody where it's that like Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. Yeah. Like, they literally walked off stage, dropped the lights, and just played a recording. And then they came back when it, you know, came when the guitars kicked back in and the rock rock part of it went. They weren't out there trying to fake it. And nowadays, with all these people, you know, miming mm-hmm. to backtracks and auto tune, and the thing that personally really drives me crazy is uh, how many times I'll look at. Well, back when you could look at the back of albums or CD cases, I've had this real epiphany over the last couple of months that I think I'm one of the few people left who still actually buy CDs. <laughs> I or, buy, or, uh, we buy albums now, which is funny because it's come back to that. Yeah. But or, or DVDs. I was in uh, a, uh, a message at church not long ago. Uh, I kept on referencing all these great movies on DVD. And finally, I realized two or three people in my office don't even have a DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, anybody who out there has a DVD player? And three people raised their hands, and one of them was your mom. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But uh, when you used to look at, or I still get it, I still uh, research a lot of stuff on Wikipedia. Yep. Like you have a, a an album that you like, or a song that you like, or a singer that you like, you look at their discography and click, click, click. Oh, who played this? And, I, and then you'll find out there wasn't a friggin' drummer. Yeah. It was all a machine. Yeah. And that drives me nuts because not only do you miss the human element of a real drummer, number one, number two, more often than not, it's programmed by somebody who isn't a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Which a drummer can tell right away. And Brian <laughs> can attest that. that. And yeah. Brian can attest that because Brian plays drums as well. So <laughs> it's true. But it's uh, not even that too. It's also the fact that they don't even a lot of times write the song. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's another thing. It's like back, you know, you know, and it, there is some big, good, really good artists who don't solely write their own music, but right. uh, the well, majority of, yes, yes. Yeah. but I'm just saying, I, I do like the, I do respect that aspect of it, but like, I'm thinking more on like your Taylor Swift, for example, songs yeah. that sell multi-million singles, right. you know, people play that millions of time on YouTube or on Spotify. And it's like, well, she's just singing someone else. Like when they're talking about breaking up with someone or something like that, it's like, how can you genuinely yeah. sing something that's not really about you? Right. That's, that's funny. Like, it goes through uh, phases. I think like 
in the 50s, you could make a living as a songwriter. Yeah. I mean, Neil Sadaka, uh, Neil Diamond wrote a lot of the monkey songs before he became an artist of his own right. You can make a living at Carol Bear, Sager and all that kind of stuff. Make it, and then in the 60s, the Beatles might not have been the um, founders of it, the beginners of it, but they kind of made it popular, I guess, of actually writing your own material, writing and playing your own material. And once that started, everybody thought they were less than if they were an artist. So they wanted to write their own material and artists wrote their own material. And now it seems to be a mix. I think it'd be the other way people. that more people would write their own at the beginning and then slowly go the other way. But huh. doesn't seem that way. I don't know. No, it doesn't. Um, did you also know that what was it? Was the Bruce Springsteen the one that I always remember loving hearing? Is that he wrote some songs for other people that became number one hits, but he actually never had a number one hit himself? Oh, that could be. <laughs> there was a couple. I think it's. It might be Bruce. I'm trying to look it up, but it, it might he be wrote, Bruce Springsteen. Um, he wrote "Blinded by the Light," which Manfred Mann made a big hit. He never and, had a number one hit, and and but like I said it, it seemed like there was a couple of other ones that were number one hits, but he was actually the writer on it, which is pretty funny to think about because he's a very popular person. It's not like he's just this no name that had one hit. He yeah, had multiple right. hits. It just you tell me, Born in the hit. USA was not a number okay. one hit. Uh, Born it's, to it's Run. A, it's amazing <laughs> how hard it is to hit number one. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was uh, obviously a band that was big in my day was Foreigner. I yeah. love Foreigner. Hot blooded and all this kind of stuff. They didn't get their first number one until they had that ballad. I want to know what love is. <laughs> like, really? That was your first number one? But yeah. Born to Run hit 23. Yeah. Uh, Born in the USA hit number nine. And yeah. Dancing in the Dark hit number two. Ah. And that was because so cool. of Courtney dancing in it. But to, to bring this a little home is one of the reasons why. So my dad's a pastor. Um, mm -hmm. Brian also is a pastor. But the reason we're talking, I would like to talk about this, is that I grew up with my dad playing in a rock band um, as a child. Um, so I was born in 1986. Um, Solstice United was released in 1991. <laughs> I was five years old when this album came out. So basically, I mean, obviously, it you were playing music. not number one. <laughs> <laughs> it played it was number one in the Soderbergh household so the fun story about this cassette is is I had this we were doing a beer called uh, Salute Your Hops and we wanted to do some 90s themes around it and I'm like well this cassette came out in 1990 so let's throw the cassette in there it didn't end up making it into the picture but I brought it into work and there was a cassette player in Ace's office he had like someone left it behind in the building. We're like, oh, let's throw it in there. This was still in the cellophane until about a month or two ago. And so I, I was like, oh, they're like, don't pull it out of the cellophane. I'm like, yeah, it's going to lower in value. Um, <laughs> so and we put it in the cassette player. The cassette player ended up not working. Uh, it's just so a blank was, cassette. Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> they sold it. They were actually one of the first people to rip people off. No, uh, That's right. They, uh, the, uh, but the funny thing about it was when I, one of the cool things I didn't realize that having something and not opening it is I forgot about the inside. Like ah. you forget about the oh, artwork yeah. that, that I've only always remembered seeing this, but like there's actual artwork in it. Um, yeah. But then I just texted my dad and was like, dad, you probably have it digital somewhere. Um, and he sent it to me. And the funny thing is, is the file was a 17 minute file for Solstice because someone had ripped it from the cassette tape and one you know, foul swoop. So I had to yeah. separate all the MP3s out into separate ones. But 
1991. So my dad yeah. played in a band uh, at that point, obviously played in many bands over the years, but um, there was a time when it was cool and fun and we were young enough, but there was a time that you had to decide not to do this anymore. Um, yes, and that, that was, was you. And it was mainly, I mean, it's like, <laughs> You caused it, Justin. So my, my, my point is, is it's because you had kids, not, yeah. you know, me specifically, but like you could have potentially still played up until this day. Sure. Um, if you opted not to have kids because you would have just done it on the side and made a little bit extra money. You wouldn't have, sure. you know, let's be honest. Well, you know, I would, I would, guess, or, I, I would guess, I'm not going to speak for Ryan, but I'll bet I'm pretty close that when you get into music, originally you do so because you want to be rich and famous, not even rich, just famous. <laughs> yes. And you're you like, able to pay your bills, but be famous. <laughs> yeah, do, do it full time. Uh, well, I did it, as I said, it started when I was 15, when Rich can't walk down the street. And I did it for 15 plus years. And we traveled from South Portland. We used to play in South Portland to Boston. We opened up for a couple of bands who had big hits on MTV videos. Never got that next Scraper. level, but... Um, <laughs> It was, it was a goal. And uh, once you got to you were like 30, <laughs> uh, you started to go, gosh, guys, you know, Def Leppard had their first record and toured. And when they were 17, <laughs> I, I think we missed the boat. So I wanted to, I just wanted to, I don't want to say stop living the dream, but be realistic. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to spend all this time away from my family, I'd at least like to make some money. <laughs> so I, I tried to convince the guys, believe it or not, to go the Adam Sandler route and be a wedding band. Ooh. Because a wedding band, yeah, most of the songs are the same songs they've been playing for 40 years. Mm. You only have to learn like five or six top 40 songs. The rest of it's all the classics and blah, 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 blah but they still had ego and stars in their eyes. So they didn't want to do it. So um, we did a, uh, for about a year, we did a fifties and sixties uh, band called replay that, cause I look back at all the years we were playing clubs and the songs that filled the dance floor were long, tall, Sally, uh, jumping Jack flash and all these classic fifties and sixties songs, all the rest of them, people listened to it like a concert. So we just did all 50s and 60s music for about a year. And then uh, uh, one day, uh, it was Justin. He was uh, calling for me, dad, dad, because Renee was out with the girls doing something. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm the parent in charge tonight, Justin. Uh, mom's out. What can I do for you? And it, very innocently, he didn't say it in an accusatory manner. It was just an observation from a young boy. Oh, that's right. I'm not used to mom being gone. I'm used to you being gone. <laughs> and that was like, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, when they're young and you put them, when Renee's putting them in bed at eight o'clock or whatever, and I'm out till one, two in the morning, they don't know I'm gone. Yeah. But when they started to realize I was gone a lot, that bothered me. Mm. And um, it took me about a month. I called up my, my, my best friend, my bass player. I said, right, I got to get done and I'll stay until you find somebody else. And they ended up finding somebody else, which just to pat myself on the back, ended up being a tenured professor at Berkeley College of Music. <laughs> um, so not a bad replacement. <laughs> <laughs> that was the guy who replaced me. And he said I was good. It was Dave Vos. Um, and uh, I sold my set. 
and um, bought a canoe and fishing equipment and started taking my boys fishing. And I, was, I never thought I'd pick up sticks again. I thought it was behind me. Yeah. Until, until uh, Warrington and filling mm-hmm. in for Andy at the uh, praise team. Callback. Andy was on last month. With us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the funny thing is, I was saving you, Dad. You weren't. You were. You were no longer a rock star anymore. No, was, and I needed I, you to wake up. <laughs> it was. It was the absolute right choice. I've never regretted it. The only thing I wish I had discovered, quite honestly, uh, was I had no idea about the whole Christian rock genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me. Uh, Christian music was bland, square, if you will, uh, the Gaithers and all this, you know, Amy Grant, <laughs> stuff like that. I had no idea about Striper and Petra. And I mean, you could get some uh, pillar, you can get some pretty heavy duty uh, Christian rock. And if I'd known that existed, I might have, you know, gone that direction. Who knows? Hey, go but- back to bed, Justin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other part about it, and it's like, it, it, you know, as I become a father now and, and there's decisions I have to make and, and my schedule kind of stinks at, at, at moments with staying out late, but, but it's also a difference between my dad making the decision to do this because it was an extracurricular thing. This is not, this is what he's got a job at the post office. You weren't, this was not your money-making thing. So for right. me, if I have to work late on a Friday night here and there at, at a Brewing Company, that's my salary. That's what's helping us pay the bills. Yep. Well, you know, you made the decision to say, okay, my extracurricular thing that, yeah, obviously you were making some money because you were playing at bars and you were right. actually being paid to play. Yep. Um, but it wasn't like you were quitting your 40 hour a week job um, because of this. So it does make a little bit. Like, that's what I did when I went to, went to the seminary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's when you party. gave up all your money. <laughs> But, but no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, uh, from a from a from being a father perspective, the, the lesson I guess is the same: is that you have to do everything you can to make sure you spend time with your children, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that will really make a difference. I mean, when your kid grows up, they won't necessarily remember that they always had the latest you know, video game or the best set of sneakers, they will remember whether they had time with their mom and dad. Yeah. That, that will be a, sure. a lifetime impression. Mm. And we went camping, you know, I coached your, your basketball teams. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think I was an, I made a ton of mistakes. I know that, <laughs> but um, I'd like to think I was uh, active and involved and around. Yes. And, and that it's funny too. Some of those people who helped with the bands transitioned into the other roles of being uh, um, around as well. Cause like my dad just mentioned about basketball, mm-hmm. uh, Doug, one of the guys was like one of the roadies and helped mm-hmm. out with the bands was also my soccer coach at one point. Yep. <laughs> so like the, 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 the transition from fatherhood and then, and then some of these people, not all of them, but some of these people also started to have kids as well. So yes. There I was, was early. this transition, but yeah, I was first, I was early, but they all went through it. And it was, a, it was the tight, I mean, you know, it was the tightest adult relationships I, I'd ever, I've ever had. I, I've never even duplicated it mm-hmm. since, mm-hmm. since I've been in the ministry 23 years, 24 years now, uh, when I left to go to uh, seminary in Bangor from that point forward, I've never had friends like I did with the guys in the band. We used to go camping with this group for, I mean, you guys were camping for 30 something years. Yeah. Uh, every, every Memorial Day and Labor Day, 
like in stone. <laughs> and then That's we awesome. would go as a family much yes. more often. But yeah. Brian is that you guys have a pop up camper, right, Brian? Uh, we have a rake like a trail behind, okay. like a travel trailer now. But we did have the pop up for a while. We upgraded last year. Camping to, uh, is the best family oh, vacation yeah. you can have. Yeah. Of course, we had less. Uh, <laughs> how do you say? We had less competition. Mm-hmm. In that, the worst we had to deal with as parents were Game Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they did. The smartphone wasn't invented then. Yeah. So we didn't have to compete with watching movies and videos I and mean, it's tough when you go away camping with a family nowadays i imagine to kind of unplug because one of the things that was great about camping is it forced us to right spend yeah. time with each other not yeah. that we didn't want to but it, to entertain uh, ourselves for a weekend or so we had to spend time with each other and that was that yeah. was the beauty of it yeah we and we go we go we went quite a bit last year and we had you know we've got a little tv in it and the kids bring iPads and stuff, but we, it's just, it's different. And they, they tend to not even need them. Like our youngest Lennon, she's still, she's four. And so she's a little bit kind of harder to deal with in certain situations. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you just have to throw the TV on and say, listen, like, well, we'll you know, like we had to uh, we'd throw them a few quarters that go to the game. Yeah. Room, but they could only stay there until the quarters ran out. Right. Yeah. So, but them. there's something about being outside now, like it, you know, my oldest Jude, if he, if I let him, he'd sit and play Fortnite all day long if, right, if he could. But when we go camping, it's just like, it's like he doesn't want to be on those things all the time. So there's something fun about that and just sitting around the fire and it's awesome, you know, cooking a good meal and stuff. So it's awesome. But it was, that was one of the best decisions we made was to buy, buy our first pop up camper. And then this past year, upgrades so that we're, Got a little more amenities. We've got a bathroom now, which is nice. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh nice. my friend Mike and Karen, uh, Mike, uh, they just bought a pop-up camper as well, but they bought one, one of the newer ones that has the shower and the toilet in it yeah. uh, wow. as well. And, yeah. Uh, so they're really excited about getting out there. And well, that's the plan like for that. retirement. I'm going to get mom a travel trailer. We're going to spend three months a year in that in warm weather. And yeah. then the rest of the year, hopefully within, uh, within reasonable distance to Orrington. Nice. Yeah. My parents have been talking about doing a, once my dad retires this coming year, he's, they want to do like a big six month kind of journey across the U S but yeah, well, Renee would move to Florida tomorrow, but uh, it's too friggin' hot and I can't do it. Yeah. And they're all crazy down there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Taylor and I were talking about that. It was kind of funny. It was like the idea of moving to Florida is like, there's a bunch of cool things. Like how cool would it be to be, uh, uh, for anybody in a family to live right outside of Disney world and buy season passes and just be like, Hey, this weekend, we're going to go walk around one of the parks or, you know, that kind of thing would be fun. But I'm like, I don't know if I want the heat or the people. Oh, <laughs> so I think I'll God. stay in Maine. <laughs> your, your, your grandfather, my dad, he's tired of it. He'd move yeah. back in a heartbeat, but you know, mom yeah. won't. So <laughs> I can't take anything above like 75. That's too yeah. hot for me. Gets to be my, I mean, and the other thing about my dad, um, he said in new England, right? Within what? Two max, three hours at any point in New England, you can get to mountains, yep. yeah. you can get to the ocean, you can get to lakes, you can get to cities like Boston and Portland and Hartford. Um, the topography is different. So in Florida, it's flat. It looks all the same no matter where you are and what city, yeah. and it's hot. 
He says, I don't care about, you know, humidity, this and that. It's freaking hot. (laughs) I was, uh, this morning I was watching, uh, rewatching House of Cards in one of the episodes. There was about the the heat wave. I don't know if anybody, you know, you've probably seen House of Cards, Dad, but like there was a heat wave (laughs) in DC and they're talking about how it got to 96. And he's like, uh, when I grew up in Georgia, he's like, it, we just assumed the, the summers were just miserable. That's all we, we didn't, it wasn't no yeah. air conditioning. It was just the summers were miserable, period. Yeah. <laughs> you think back to the 1900s before they invented the air conditioning. It must have been brutal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, in, the, in the timeline of history, that is one of the major inventions that made the South po- population increase. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Because prior to that, nobody would dare live there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I it's, love uh, the I love yeah. the change of seasons. I love the colored leaves. I like being able to wear a sweatshirt. Uh, it, it does get a little hot in the summertime, especially down here. I can't believe the, the difference. difference between you where you are and where I am. Just five six hours away. It's, it's different. Mind. It's different in Maine going to Dover Foxcroft to Bangor. It's like we went out to Sugarloaf area or whatever, and it's like, you know, they'll get three feet of snow, and in Orrington, there's it like rained. It, it's yeah. it's crazy yeah. how different that 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 you know how Florida is basically Florida, yeah. <laughs> and then Maine, New England, all that stuff is different. I mean, I remember when we went down. My dad, they moved to Connecticut. You moved to Connecticut in two thousand six. Six, yeah. Uh, and you were doing your interview at South Church, and uh, we were. <laughs> We woke up the next, went to bed, then we went and visited the church, or whatever. Woke up the next morning to go to church, and it had snowed like a dusting. Yeah, You're talking like it was like you could you could see grass still. It was That's barely right. snow on the ground, and yeah. they called and wondered what they were going to do about whether or not they were going to cancel church or not. <laughs> that has in, been a new experience. I have like, to admit, in New England, uh, nine years I served in Orrington. We never canceled church once. Not yeah. once. Dusting. I come, I come down here. And it snows. I'm getting all these phone calls. My first, are you going to cancel church? I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> do we do like, that? Brian, I, Why? I who died? I, I, exactly. There was, I think I actually still somewhere have a picture from that day looking at the hotel room we were staying in. Yeah. And it was like, you could see the Capitol building from that hotel room and yeah. you see the dome and you can definitely see that it's snowing, but it's like, you can still see grass on the ground and the, and the uh, ground. And you look down and obviously because people have been driving, there's pavement. And I'm like, what are they talking about? This is not even anything. Oh, it's just Mainers. They have no idea what bunch of wimps we are down here. Incredible. <laughs> and it's the, people put New England in one boat and it's not. It's it's yeah. there is yeah. different. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit, you know, I always think that I love Maine. I love New England. I, I when I moved to Massachusetts, I never thought I'd return to Maine. Right. Glad I came back. And I'm glad, honestly, um, to kind of go full circle. When I came back, I got to meet with some people and hang out with some people that I used to play music with or go to concerts with or show, what they used to be called as shows, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously for all of us has been a long time since we've been able to do that um, because we haven't been able to go do anything in a year. Um, but back to what I was, we were talking about on the um, live music and the writing of songs and all that stuff is the other thing that I thought different nowadays for music was um how much i want a band to be good when you see them live yes so like there's a yeah. difference like you can be like I've, I've heard bands like oh my god they're amazing on on a, on a album and then you go see them live and you're just like huh right. what is this this is not what they sounded like and it's all <laughs> the editing software and all the ability to do things to change it to make them sound perfect but if you can't perform that live right um, yeah which made rush incredible 
Yes. Because we will go to a Rush concert, it's like picking up a needle and sticking it down in a vinyl, and they don't miss a beat. But no. they didn't miss a beat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, uh, but the, the other thing was like what you've talked about, Dad, is how, how hard it was for you to make this. Oh, yeah. I, now that I'm jealous about. <laughs> that four song EP on a cassette cost us $18,000. And nowadays, with the Pro Tools, and all, people are producing oh my studio quality DVD uh, CDs in their basements. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish, I wish. Matter of fact, when we recorded that, we had an option to make, to press CDs or cassettes. We didn't know if CDs were going to catch on. They were, <laughs> they were just coming CDs, out. no one's going to buy those things. Oh, yeah, the money you had to charge for them, because obviously you're trying to sell yeah. them those as merch. Yeah. So if you don't have a CD player and you're asking 15 bucks, nobody's going to buy them. So we went with the cassette tapes instead. And who knew, four years later, yeah. you know what a cassette tape is. Which is how, funny, like, how much was this four-song EP? Oh, to sell? Yeah. Oh, how much do you might, think you sold this It might have been like... I don't know, six bucks, seven yes. bucks, something like that. Which is a lot funny, of tapes like, to sell to make six, 18 grand back. Right. Yeah. Holy. I remember, you know, when in all the various bands that I've been in, like when we were I, the first big band that I was in, we did do a, like a recording that we we paid money for. And I remember it was like $1,300 or something, <laughs> that, you know, and we I thought that was a lot of money. And so but. And it was probably one of the worst recordings of bands that I've been in, but to think, and you know, and it goes back to what you're talking about before and, and like being able to make a little money. I didn't make a single penny in any band I was ever in. Like we were lucky to get gas money. Just enough. The best story I have is we played uh, at the American Legion down the street from where Renee grew up in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Mm. We got a percentage of the bar. That was how much we were going to make that night. We finished. And that's, this was different from when Jeremy was playing. It was a 21 and under show. Everyone, every time, <laughs> every time he went to uh, play someplace and do a show, as he called it, <clears throat> it was usually six bands and they all played nine songs. Yeah. When we played, we played four sets, 45 minutes a set. 15 minute breaks. So we played four hours a night. <laughs> so That's crazy. We, we finished the show. We go up to get our percentage of bar. We got $35. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we all split up our $35. We all drove to Newburyport to the beef corral. Cause it was only, it was a sandwich shop that was open <laughs> till two in the morning. The only one in the area. Yeah. And we all ate, ate something and went home. So I played a whole gig for a roast beef sandwich. Jeez. <laughs> That's funny, which, like which is better than what Brian probably got paid for all his <laughs> right. No kidding. But we it's funny, like we never sold our music because like when we were coming when the bands I was in, you know, it was before Facebook and, yeah. and really like MySpace was kind of big, but it was during that time period when everyone was downloading music like crazy. And so whatever happened to Napster? Yeah, right it's, it's now spotify <laughs> so, technically the, the guy yeah, who owns now nah, spotify actually found his spotify he actually found a napster yeah <laughs> so we, we you just couldn't it's like it didn't make even make sense to sell music we would give out cds and and we would just say hey go download it because you're going to download it anyways but yeah. go tell all your friends about it and so we try to sell like sweatshirts and merch and stuff right but, 
I remember when we were um, before Jude was born. Um, one of my bands, Take Courage, we were up in we played up in Canada. We did like a little little stint with a couple like a long weekend, and we played. Um, we got stopped at the border, and they just like gutted everything we had. And we were like, we're just, we're playing for free. We're not getting paid. And they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. They didn't believe us, but they. Obviously they have never been in bands. <laughs> right. I know. I was like, do you, have you... exactly. So <laughs> one of our shows we were supposed to play in Fredericton and it was at a bar and they, they said, you can't play that one. They're like, we're going to send, like notify the police there. You're not allowed to go to that show. Cause we don't believe you'd play at a bar and not get paid we didn't have visas and all this stuff and so we we're like okay that's fine so we we ended up picking up a show in uh prince edward island oh. instead which was cool but so much further oh yeah <laughs> so we played like two nights and then we get to pei and we play the show and it was fun and it was a good time and then we left and it was probably you know 10 30 11 o'clock at night and we're gonna leave pei and just head home you know, it's like a six hour drive or more to head home. We're just going to drive. And we got maybe 10 minutes down the road. And then the, like the crankshaft on our, on the engine just like snapped. And I remember like looking under and seeing a, a, a belt hanging underneath. We were in a old suburban and we ran into Canadian tires. They closed and we got a new, new uh, belt. And I was like, oh, we could just slap it on. We'll be good. And then when we grabbed the old one, the whole like crankshaft just fell off. And, and I was like, guys, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> we got stranded in PEI for like, I think we stayed two nights because nothing's open on Sundays, PEI. Yeah. So no one could even look at it till Monday. And they quoted us some like insane amount. And we ended up having our friend's dad bring a flatbed trailer all the way up from Brewer into PEI to pick us up. And he <laughs> threw the vehicle on. But anyways, we lost all our money that weekend because we didn't make much money at all. Absolutely. And, and we just spent it all in hotel rooms and food. Yep. And then that was basically the end of that band. That. <laughs> <laughs> but we never, you know, I think that's, you know, before kids too. And like mm -hmm. you could get stranded and not, not be as big a deal. I was married at the time and, I remember telling Gretchen like, "So I'm gonna be gone a few extra nights." <laughs> but I mean, how much? How more difficult? That's and that's conversations that you and I have had about why like, you've liked to play in bands. You've talked about, uh, um, you know, getting in, playing, jamming with some friends, and making, doing some shows. But again, it, the conversation we had a little earlier, which was like yeah. taking time away from family, is it, it has to be worth it. It has to be, um, you know, yeah, it's a, a lot tough harder. decision to make. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's funny we were talking before we started about like i haven't really i don't think i've actually shown any of my kids any of the music from the bands i played in mostly because they were yelling like screaming bands and they'd probably be scared of it <laughs> or like the bands that were probably the closest to there's a couple of swears in them that i'm like uh eh, not yet <laughs> i'm not gonna subject you to the swearing music quite yet so i tell you i, I would love just once <laughs> to get together with solstice reunite do one show with the church yeah record it video it for posterity professionally and be done now that, that would be so much fun but i can never get around to coordinating it mm -hmm. yeah that i get the cool. i have like uh well my my wife's cousin matt he's 
um, the guy that I was in a lot of bands with, and he still plays in bands and stuff. He's got a son, but it's just different than when we were. Like we, he doesn't play as much as he used to, but I'll text him all the time and be like, "Hey, we should really start a band again." <laughs> and it's like that same thing that we both are like, "Oh, that'd be awesome." Knowing in the back of our heads, that it's never gonna happen. <laughs> someday, someday. <laughs> but and that's I mean that's part of the reason why we do this on Monday afternoons too. I mean Brian and I do discuss like when to record these things and do these things and and there's certain times to do recordings because we have we can take a small little bit of time away. But like even with just a relationship with my wife, I don't want to do it at eight o'clock at night on a Monday night because I want to spend time with her. So there's this aspect of if I can get it done, I have today off, I can get it done, uh, recorded, maybe edited and uploaded and scheduled for the next, you know, when it comes out, then I don't have to take time away from time I could be spending with my wife and then eventually with my son. So things change, things change. Yep. It's funny. Like most grow up. Yeah. Sucks. (laughs) Most of the time when someone like if like, obviously I have Mondays off. So that's when Mm -hmm. we do these because it works for both of us. But mm-hmm. most of the time when someone's like, hey, do you want to even just go out for a drink and get together? I'm like, yeah, I can do after 8 p.m. Pretty much any night. <laughs> once the kids are in bed, it's kind of well, like it's funny schedule. But I started for whatever reason. I started so early. I um, graduated high school at 16. Uh, got engaged to Renee at the senior prom. Uh, two years later, I got married at the age of 18. Two years after that, I had Jeremy. Two years after that, I had Justin. Two years after that, I had Jared. So I was 24 years old. You like I'm the married. number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every two years, he's moving on. I've been, I've been married for six years, and I had three kids. And we used to rehearse. I mean, we, we put some time in rehearse. Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays when we weren't playing, six to nine. We really we were tight. And um, after rehearsal nine o'clock at night, they were all going out to the Chinese food restaurant or check out this bar, this, that, that. I never went. I went home, not because I felt restricted or whatever. I wanted to be with my family. Yeah. yeah. So I, I never, of course, I was never really a partier anyway, but um, I never did a lot of the social stuff that the rest of the guys did because I had what I wanted. I had a wife and three boys and that's, that's where I wanted to spend my time. And you just, you, you grow up, I don't say grow up in a pejorative sense, like being young is not yeah. good. It's just that yeah, yeah things change. Priorities, priorities change. I mean, when I quit the band finally in the, in the early nineties, from that point forward, I don't think I ever listened to popular music. I mean, I couldn't tell you who was on the radio mm-hmm. a year after I'd gotten out of the business and who was having it. I, today, I couldn't tell you who was popular. I don't no. think I can either. I honestly, I mean, it, there's Taylor will play a song and I'll just be like, because she yeah. listens. Like it's funny, we both have Spotify. We both have newer cars. You can plug your phone in, control it all by the screen on the phone on the on the car, um, and she'll still listen to the radio on the way to work. Um, <laughs> and so she'll be like, "Oh, this is a good song." I'm like, "When did it come out?" She's like, "Oh, like a couple weeks ago." And I'm like, "I don't know. I find <laughs> out about things if they're like, if it's a controversy about it, <laughs> like if it's on right. the news or yeah, yeah, if yeah. It, you know, or when one of my favorite bands, Our Last Night, when they cover that song." Because yeah. they do a lot of covers. <laughs> so yeah. if they come up with a rock version of that song, then I'll know what you're talking about. But I'll right only now, hear I about it, it if it's on Kids Bop. Then I'll. Yeah, see, there you go. Lucy and, and Lennon will be into it. <laughs> your, uh, your, your tastes will change, too. Yes. You're still kind of young guys. But have you ever seen the TV show? Um, 
uh, on uh, Amazon Bosch. No, I've I seen the seen first that. season. I think. Okay. Well, you you t- Titus Welliver, I guess, is the actor, and um, he's like a detective in in Los Angeles, and he'd get home from his day of work and he'd go to his uh, turntable and he'd put on some smooth jazz. Now, I always enjoyed jazz growing up because my dad was in, into that jazz. But all of a sudden, I said every episode I, I watched of his show is playing. Wow, that's really good stuff. So you go on to Spotify or Pandora and you yeah. make yourself a little, you know, you know search for a radio station, yeah. smooth jazz. And every time I'm listening, I have my Amazon open as well because I'm, I'm doing work, just listening, and then I hear it. So, wow, that's really cool. You go over, check out who it is, copy who it is, paste it into Amazon, put it in your little wish list, and I now have a bunch of John Coltrane, a bunch, <laughs> and I put it on at the office, and this background, you know, smooth jet. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So, which is funny. Uh, my kitchen staff at Orinoc Brewing Company, most of them listen to heavier music than I listen to, and I listen to some fairly heavy music but they're listening to some stuff that i'm just like guys like I, how do you not have a headache i mean it's just, it is no like beat to it there's no like at least the stuff that i listen to i think that at least that there's a time like with breakdowns and stuff like that you know brian can attest to this too is there's this you have you can you can nod your head to it a little bit when it's all over the place and just like there's like a, there's like a woman screaming in the background and someone's getting there's a gun getting shot I, it's too much for me and heather will say that doesn't sound like we can hear it from the office and she's like that doesn't sound like fun at all i go no and you know i listen to some heavy music this is a little too heavy and then yeah. like uh friday thursday or friday i go downstairs and I'll listen to the jazz in the kitchen and i'm just like what happened stuff. <laughs> what is going I like, on you know, i yeah. like heavy stuff too i loved i love listening to queens and mm-hmm. i couldn't wait for the new acdc album to come out not too long ago and every once in a while you know I like Here to get go. my uh, my my horns. Throw the out horns too. up. <laughs> Which is funny because I mean, when we started, when, when my brothers and I started listening to, to music uh, that was a little heavier, at the time we were unaware, but it, it most of that stuff back in high school were Christian bands, like you know when you listen to under oaths and your norma jeans and the chariot and all those bands that we listened to growing up, like mm-hmm. they were like leading the charts in that style, and it wasn't until you kind of like deeper into it and read some of the lyrics and then do some interviews like number of times growing up i did i uh googled is this so-and-so band christian <laughs> because it's just like and all of a sudden they come out of nowhere and you go see under oath in, in 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 the concert and halfway through it they're talking about their beliefs and stuff like that and things have changed over the years there are some like not as many as it used to be but like legitimately back in the in the early 2000s uh, the majority of heavy bands that i listened to that were more mainstream were actually had a faith-based component on it mm-hmm. um which made me then go well this is like that's what it was clean. Like it was not like, yeah. it yeah. seemed funny. And people were like, this sounds so mean, but I'm like, it isn't actually, yeah. if you actually listen to the lyrics or read the, read the insert in the CD. Um, this is well, very, yeah. there's no swearing. There's nothing bad uh, about this. It's actually positive. Well, when Striper came out and it opened up for bands, uh, the evangelical um, community was condemning them left and right because of how they looked, because of the volume, because of the aggressiveness, da, da, da. If you sat down and read the lyrics like it was a poem, you'd have you'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was in high school, um, I st- my family started going to church when I was in early high school, and and once I started to find some of those bands, my parents 
because I was in like bands that were very anti-religion and just like, you know, into a lot of negative stuff that my parents didn't like. So once they found a band that I would listen to that was a Christian band, my mom was like, any All CD, I'll buy it. And <laughs> All like, it. I remember like in high school, <laughs> my parents would take me to all the big festivals like soul fest every year they yeah. i mean i remember seeing like the supertones and project 86 and yeah. all those bands in boston she my parents would drive me down the clubs down there with some friends because they were like hey it's a positive message and he's willing to listen to it and they were all for it um which is and i think too you know not to knock a lot of those bands because i think a lot like some of those bands you mentioned are now openly not christian bands and not to go down that whole rabbit hole but there was a time when i think when those bands were coming up it was like almost easier to be a christian band at that time and make it really big because there were Mm -hmm. so few of them that it was like hey this could be our ticket to make it really big (laughs) if we just become uh, seduction they get seduced by the uh fame and the attention and the well, money and, and and part of it also know. is i mean the conversation that i mentioned you mentioned under i mentioned under oath and i'm guessing that's one of the bands you're talking yeah. about because that is one of the bands that i was thinking about um but it's also one of those things is trying to live up to to the perfectness oh um, yeah the idea that you have to put this show on like they're 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 traveling band making now they're making good money but at the time they weren't and yeah. they struggle with all of the different things that come with fame and then they have to go up there and say these positive things on a stage and not screw up and not make mistakes and not you know have a few drinks at the bar get too drunk and make a stupid part do say something stupid or do something stupid so the pressure that was on them to succeed as a christian band they're like oh yeah some of those people that are in those bands all have strong faith backgrounds still but they just like they don't want to be labeled as the Christian band because they don't uh, yeah. want that pressure anymore. That's and it's true. Like, which yeah. I understand. I mean, I mean, yeah. Um, Haley Williams of Paramore was a was a you know openly positively Christian person, well, you know, but she doesn't mention it anymore. You know, as a great um, testimony on YouTube, it's a pretty serious Christian, Alice Cooper. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing if that. you watch it. He's a pretty serious Christian. You'd never know it by looking at his stage act. But you're right. You know, sometimes we get, um, yeah, I'll say kowtowed, but uh, you know, they take the easy way out is to keep it private. Yes, and th- and that's where I think a lot of the people have gone to now, where it's like they're not out there saying, you know, screw this and do that. You know, they're against the man, but they're just like yeah. now it's like yeah. let's just not make let's talk about the music. We're we're yeah. banned. We're not well, your even pastor. K- we're your band. It's even K Love. You guys know K Love, right? Mm-hmm. They, I know, yeah. Well, they they build themselves yeah. as positive, encouraging. Yeah. yeah. They never use the word Christian nope. <laughs> in their t- in their advertising. It's positive, encouraging radio. I'm like, ah, oh, that's an interesting way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't right. hide their faith once you're listening for a while, but still, the the all the advertising sort are positive and encouraging. It's interesting. And then yeah. now, I you know, and now you guys both play drums in bands. <laughs> that were not that are worship bands now like i mean it's it's you know it's 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 a funny different change in that and it's i mean i don't know rock stars in my mind uh, um it's not you're not a rock star it's it seems like it's more of a gig every week is that true i mean like i don't know i'm trying Uh, to figure out 
I I don't know about Brian, but I do. Sh- I don't say struggle with it, but it's something I'm really conscious of, because when you're playing music in church, we're supposed to be playing it for the glory of God. It's about Him. It's about leading the congregation in worship to Him, and it's not you performing and seeking adulation and applause. I'm not going to lie. It's always nice when somebody applauds. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't like that? Uh, uh, maybe because it's not our tradition, maybe half a dozen times in 24 years after I finished a particular sermon, I got spontaneous applause and it blew me away. They really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, but that feels good, but it is something I concentrate on because once you're behind the drums and once you're really getting into it and da, 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 you have to check yourself. Wait a minute. This is not about you. <laughs> yeah. It's a challenge. Well, it's fun. Like I, I grew up, I got my first drum kit when I was probably in six, sixth or seventh grade, I think. And my grandfather bought it for me. And, and really I learned, I took drum lessons for years, but I learned how to play drums playing at church. Like I, I was in some bands, but I, I learned how to actually like stay in time and play with a group of people at church. So I've always, I've just done that for, you know, since I was you know, 13 years old. And so it's kind of like something I've just always done and I've always enjoyed. And I, I think what I like about it too, is the, like, at least in a lot of the churches I've played in is it's kind of the, I want to say jazz feel of it, but that's not really the word, but just like how it's, it's kind of more fluid. Like you, you just kind of have to follow other people along and it's not a lot of times we don't play it exactly how like verse chorus, mm-hmm. verse chorus, you know, like yeah. sometimes you kind of ad lib a little more free flowing. Yeah. You're more free flowing. So I've, but- I've really enjoyed that aspect of it too, but it, it's, it's something I've kind of always done and really appreciate doing. And um, we, I've started to, my son is going to start playing uh, bass. We got him a bass guitar and yeah. he's going to start lessons soon. And I Wolfgang. was like, yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> we could be on the, the, you know, worship team at church together and we could play and go to practice. So well, I'm kind of excited fun. for him to kind of get is- involved in that. And, that is actually fun. I've played on the worship team with Jared and I've played on the worship team now with Jeremy for a while. That is kind of cool. Yeah. But, but like when uh, and I had no musical talent anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> when, when you, Justin, gave us tickets to see Chris Tomlin and Lowell. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. And it is a spiritual experience, but it's not church. Mm hmm. And that's what I sometimes have to struggle with that when you go out there on a Sunday morning, it's not a concert. Mm. It's not supposed to be, it's worship. Yeah. So that I need to be careful of. I love doing it. I absolutely do. But I will also say that, you know, uh, I'm going to be 58 in October. So a little over two years from now, I'm going to be 60. And it's time for God to send some nice young 25 year old. Because nobody wants to come to a church where the guy playing the drums is 60 years old. You, and um, you also talked about you don't want to be the number one, the only man in the show, too. You don't want to, like, sit, you know, I don't, playing I've never the drums and get up in a sermon and playing the drums. Again. Like, it's like, okay, you're everything in the, in the in on it Sunday morning. It would be morning. great at some point, uh, like I was with Andy, 
when he was gone, I can slide in and yeah. fill in for, you know, days off, vacation, stuff like that. That would be odd. It would have given me one more night where I didn't have an, uh, uh, yeah. a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're letting the Lord lead on that because the only two or three people that even claim to have an interest, they were horrible. <laughs> Man, drummers are, are few and far between. Oh, you know, They're, what's even worse is bass players. But yeah, <laughs> which is funny because, I mean, if you play bass and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but bass is like the easiest thing to play <laughs> on there. Like, so it doesn't, it doesn't get the girls. So they all get it's into true. the car because they all want to be Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Yes. And I, I joke and I'm like, because I joke with people that, the bass is super easy but i think with drums too it's it's like i feel like there's different levels of drummers there's like the beginner drummer and they're horrible and then you have a drummer who's solid and i really like those drummers and then you have a drummer that gets that gets good yeah. and then i don't like them anymore and then once they get like super good they it's like they kind of relax a little bit and do mm. less which then i think they're they're really good because yeah. i think like as you get good at drums or really any instrument, I think once you get a certain level of like greatness or goodness, you do too much. And then it's just kind of, I don't like it. So I'm yeah. like, kinda like, well, I see Travis Barker, um, who's probably the best drummer I, I know. Dude's yeah. amazing. Well, you don't know him, but yeah, I don't know. Him. Well, we're kind of friends, but <laughs> for Blink-182. But when like, they came when to Bangor, I, he stayed at your house, right? Yeah, he did. We yeah. had a sleepover. Um, but he's he's like ridiculously good at drums but when i see him live i'm like i almost he's just he completely overplays their own songs Mm -hmm. to the point where i'm like you're almost ruining the song now because i'm sure he's played that those same songs Mm -hmm. you know Eighty thousand times a piece, so he's super bored with them. He's trying to make it interesting for himself. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to make it interesting. For, so I get that, but 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 in the same sense, I know you're talking about too. But like when I so years ago, I saw Three Doors Down at Humane, and they had a touring drummer. So there was their drummer had quit or whatever, and they had replaced yeah. him. So they went on. They're like, oh, we have a tour, and they just had someone slide in there. But the entire time, he just sat there like it was. He was so good at his job wasn't part of the band so he was didn't seem like he was he was just doing the things it was just like his arms were moving and it was like whatever it's just honestly danny carey of tool um yeah he is unbelievable drummer too but it also makes me mad because of how good he is but how easy he makes it look yeah (laughs) you look at him like i struggle to play the drums and he's over there just like yeah it's okay keeping these weird timings and like he's just doing it i'm just like and he's and again dad that would be something he's uh 59 years old and he still yeah. tours the country so yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> well I'll, I'll never forget we were playing down salisbury beach and we did one rush song uh red barchetta <clears throat> and i worked hard to get that song down and we did it pretty well and i finished the gig one night and some guys two guys approached me afterwards and wanted me to get into a rush cover band <laughs> and i'm like are you serious? Yeah, right. I can't even hold Neil Peart's yeah. drumstick. I, I can play this one song. <laughs> That's just not, I am more, um, you mentioned Brian, I'm more the groove guys. Yeah. I yeah. know he's not a great technical drummer, but nobody's got to feel like Ringo. I loved the drummer for the original um, Elton John recordings. Yeah. I love Roger Taylor from Queen. You know, Roger Taylor can play when you go to see him in concert, he does a heck of a solo, but it's 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 a feel. 
yeah groove and i was never a big keith moon fan because i didn't think the guy ever stopped playing it was just constant yeah uh, i appreciate Portnoy yeah. from dream theater and yeah. stuff like that but I'm, I'm more a, a groove guy. Maybe yeah. it's because I'm a groove guy and I can't yeah. do all that stuff and I'm jealous. Right, that's, I don't know. And that's where I'm at. I'm at the, uh, I didn't make it into the super great category yeah. of drummers. So I, I, am remember... known as, I am known as a human metronome and I'm proud of that. Oh, there you go. I don't speed up. I don't slow down. I stay to the beat. <laughs> That's yeah. my problem. When I, I was playing, it's I couldn't do that. And, and and if you tried to add something else in there to make it a little bit more than just yeah. me back there keeping a beat, it, it it screwed me up. And that's when I stepped away and said, hey, how about you guys all play and I'll find new gigs and I'll manage your band and get you signed <laughs> to a label and do all that. So I can do that. I can't sit at the drum set anymore, but I'll do that. Well, uh, the, at church we do, when I play, we haven't, I haven't been playing for the last like year just because of obviously everything going on. But yep. we play... Uh, a lot with we'll have some backing tracks every once in a while a little bit of stuff but we play to a click track every single week and so it's and i at first like i hated it and i was like this is all i'm going to be able to think about is this click track but now it's like it's just in the back of my head and i i prefer to play with a click track now and it's it's been a lot of fun kind of getting to to be able to do that but it's not something uh, i grew up with at all when they when they replaced me in the band with Dave Vos, uh, they had one gig that they couldn't, he couldn't make. It was in Amesbury. And um, so they called me and said, hey, could you sit in for the night? So I drove up from Connecticut to Amesbury and I played their show. And they had a song with a click track. I'd never played with a click track before. I was a human click track. No, uh, but, but they... Um, I put on the headphones or the earpieces. I can't remember because they had some pre-recorded like horns and stuff yeah. coming in on this song. They're doing all sixties music. They're called sixties invasion. I believe they're still going actually. <laughs> um, so I'm playing this click track it went, went well, but I'll tell you the best thing about the gig is I walked in, I picked up the drumsticks. I adjusted a couple of things, <laughs> played the show I laid down my drumsticks and I walked out. It yeah. Was like, it was like you hit the big time. Yes. You didn't have to move any equipment. You didn't have to set anything up. You didn't break anything down. I said, man, I could have gotten used to this. <laughs> it's fun. Like I still to this, I mean, I haven't been in a band that's played shows in 10 years probably now, but it's every winter when it's super cold outside and I go out, I just, I still have that feeling of, loading in a ton of equipment and and it being oh, yeah. super cold and going back and forth and doing that it's just i did it for so many years basis to have an instrument and an amplifier oh yeah and i you know i remember having all the bags and i had a big <laughs> hardware totes and yeah yeah that was yeah, horrible but, well it's a singer and they bring their microphone yeah right <laughs> and it's so expensive drums are just oh ridiculous yeah, I, yeah. I remember we played a show um, I think it was like 2006, 2005, 2006, doesn't matter. But, and I left my cymbal bag at the place that at the venue. And I remember calling like the next day and trying to track it down and someone lifted it, took it home and like replacing all those symbols was like, I mean, that was like $2,000 worth of symbols. Wow. And I was like, well, great. I can't do anything now. <laughs> and 
It's just drums are actually, so stupidly expensive. Oh, I actually have to get a new set. We have to get a new set. I, I bought, when we started our contemporary service in Connecticut here, uh, 10 years ago to 11 years ago, um, I bought a Roland V Pro, which was $5,000 10 years ago. Yeah. It was top of the line electric. I was going to say, is that, that's electric, right? Yeah. yeah. But it sound, the samples are amazing. Sounds just like drums. Yeah. I've been playing them for 11 years now. <laughs> it's slowly falling apart little by little by little by little. I've taken off drums because the trigger doesn't trigger anymore. Uh, the, the heads are coming through. I mean, I can't go over the list of things. I mean, I don't know if an electronic piece of equipment like that is supposed to last 11 years. Laptop yeah. is only supposed to go, what, three or four, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, I'm, we're, we're in now in the process of trying to figure out, do we go with the acoustic drums and buy the shield and all that kind of stuff? Do we yeah. get another electric set? I mean, looking at twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yep. We'll see. Well, I still remember the day that I came home from school and there was a drum kit uh, in Bangor, um, and I was like, "What is this? Is this what is going on?" And and all that stuff. And they found out it was for me. And, <laughs> and uh, it was funny because that's you talk about symbols. I think the kit came in. But the symbols hadn't, or the symbols that there was one that had, like it was like you probably bought it from musicians' friends or whatever, and it got delivered, and it was like, but the second part of it wasn't coming for a couple of days. It was like we're or a stool, maybe it was a drum throne or something like that. It was like we couldn't actually play it. It was like <laughs> setting it up, get it all there, but I couldn't actually play it. Um, but that was uh, you know, the passing of the torch to something. Yep. Obviously, Jeremy was playing guitar, and yep. Jared, Jared was a little younger at the time, and um, Jared, I think out of all my boys ended up yes. being the most amazing musician but has no drive to do it. no that's my been, problem <laughs> he's an incredible drummer he plays bass he's a great guitarist writes Same. amazing music i mean i'm just blown away by his natural aptitude and it's really a shame that um he never. I mean, he, he could have been playing uh, Starbucks, you know, coffee places. He could play in bands. He could honestly do, honestly think that Jared could sit down with Pro Tools and record an entire album. No. Every instrument and do an album that's just him. Yep. And do well at it. And, and the sad, like you talked about the $18,000 thing. It would probably cost him about 500 bucks to do. And then he could put it, <laughs> he could put it on Spotify for free. And, and, right. <laughs> but, uh, that's yeah, passing of a torch was pretty cool. With those, though, is it, you know, back when it cost a lot of money or you had to know people and you had to, to work hard to be able to record an album. Um, and it, it was a piece of art, you know, nowadays it was, a, it was a lot of work and you had to know your stuff. Yeah. Nowadays there's, you know, people write music without ever even being able to play anything and they can, so, and not to say that that's not hard still, Correct. like yeah. there's still a lot of, of learning. It's just a totally different thing. And nowadays I, it's just anyone can go record, like make an album and have it sound pretty good. I yeah. think there's still a huge difference between, you know, like a studio in Portland, like, you know, stuff that Kevin's doing down there at the halo. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that in my garage with no. pro tools, <laughs> but, no. um, but it's just different now. It's just weird. Oh, it absolutely is. And it, but, and but, it's but the same thing the, as podcast, though. I mean, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are I, citizen journalists who do some amazing yep. stuff. Wow. 
And it, but, it's, but the passing on thing was the cool thing to me. It's the idea. And, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk music um, today was the idea that we learn a lot from our parents. And as we get older, like myself, I don't listen to the music that you listen to. We don't. I mean, there's definitely times, but there's that connection for music that's still there. If I do see a cool video on YouTube with a cool uh, uh, drummer and it's drum cam, a lot of times I'll email that to my dad or text that to my dad. Um, but there's that connection there. Uh, mm. For me personally, I stopped playing music many years ago. Uh, the last time you played in a band, Brian, was probably the last time I ever sat at a drum set, drum set and actually played. Um, it, it was just, it, it, I deviated away from that i still have a love for music and i still have a love for yeah. rock music it's just and that came from i mean my mom sings and she knows she knows the words to a lot of songs but like when we grew up they listened to a lot of the same music when the, when a song was on it was because they both like listening to it it wasn't it's not like mom had her music and you had your music i mean mom was a big sticks fan you mm -hmm. obviously like sticks as well so but mm -hmm that that passing it on that got us that roots into liking music it doesn't right. mean your kid always has to like the same music as you do or even likes yeah. to play music you can right. teach you know your son how to play bass but he could not like it and not want to do music right. but you're not going to force it on him as a musician yes well, a, a musical family in the sense that mom knows how to play several woodwind yeah. instruments and flute and guitar and we listened to it and i played and all kind of stuff so it was a part of the uh atmosphere of our family, which is not, you know, the, the case for mm -hmm. every family. I mean, in some families, uh, you know, music is just not a big deal. Yeah. But it, it was something that you like in a way, like camping, a love mm -hmm. for camping is something you pass on to your kids. A love for music or appreciation for music can be as well. Yeah. Yeah. We Jude, he loves um, NF that the rapper. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm trying to like some of his songs like do have at least with rap. A lot of the times it does have a good bass line in there. Mm. And stuff. So I'm like, Jude, see, like, can you hear that? The way that bass is playing and like trying to point those things out. So it's been fun. Is it a bass or is it some dude on a keyboard? Oh, I'm sure it's a keyboard, but <laughs> well, it sounds I mean, like Sein a bass. Seinfeld, you know, the opening sound yeah. of Seinfeld, that yeah, was all played on a keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. Um, but, place, but if you look at touring, if you look at touring rap artists, a lot of Some those, of a lot bands. of the big ones, Childish Gambino and things, they had a full band and they actually yeah. had an actual drummer and an actual bassist and a guitarist playing music along with them. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So Jude, we, you know, with the COVID and stuff and sports have been really weird for kids to play. Like he loves basketball and he did that this uh, winter, but it was just not the same. Like he didn't get to play any games. It was like skill stuff. And so, this spring we were like, are you going to play baseball? And he decided not to play baseball. And so we're trying to get him to do something. And then I mentioned bass. just, I don't even know what made me think of it. I was like, what if you, you know, learned how to play bass? And he was like, yeah, I'd be interested in that. And I was like, Gretchen. So I was like, I'm fishing. I was like, Facebook, I need, I need a bass. Does anyone have a bass? And so we got him a bass. And so, but it's been fun. Like, I know we're going to talk, um, in the coming months with yes. my friend Ryan about hunting. And that's something that, you know, I've tried to get Jude into music because music's always been a part of my life and mm -hmm. he's been real interested in hunting. And I had never been hunting a day in my life and my dad didn't hunt. Um, I didn't grow up doing it at all, but Jude was really interested in it. And so this fall I took the hunter safety course and we, I, I, 
if you asked me this time last year, Brian, would you own a gun? I'd be like, <laughs> uh, probably not. I don't know. I just got no need for it. And now I have a gun cabinet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Like shotguns and rifles. And, and stuff. they won't so let just... me. <laughs> well, and the guy so has to protect himself against the uh, upcoming zombie apocalypse. Right. I have watched, started watching The Walking Dead again. So <laughs> maybe there's a parallel there. But but it's just, I think it's a kind of a give and take of, you know, I think learning to be interested in things that he's interested in, like hunting. And, and I actually have really enjoyed it. So it's been fun. And then... But- him getting interested in some stuff that I was interested in and kind of giving and taking. And the thread that connects all of these things, whether it's basketball out uh, in a driveway, hunting, fishing, music, it is less the activity and more the fact you're spending time with your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, it helps, you know, it helps to have passions that are the same. Like, so it does help to, to put this, like, so for yes. example, if I'm into rock music, it would be nice if my kid liked rock music, not rap music or pop or country, um, right. because I have that commonality to it. But the idea that at least it's something that we can do together. And, it, and it, like Brian said, Brian wasn't into hunting. And then I, mean, I would have been wanted to be completely, I would have been completely happy with girls as well. But man, then I would have had to get into you know, ballet and yeah. chorus and cheerleading and all this kind of stuff that that would have been a challenge for me. <laughs> so yeah. a little easier for me to have boys. Yeah, it's definitely. It's been, <laughs> and with Lucy, like I have two daughters, she's in the dance. Yep. And so I go to her um, recitals and stuff and, and it's fun because yeah, it's fun because she's dancing. excited about it. Um, <laughs> but not my cup of tea but yeah, yeah exactly i'll, I'll drink it <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, I think- no matter what subject we talk about i mean today was music yeah. and, and talking about how like you guys both played in bands and you have kids and so on and it's obviously not something i'm going to bring to the table i'm going to have be able to talk to my son and tell him about the times that i did play in bands i played at bangor mm-hmm. high school's talent show mm-hmm. uh we, we we did go and play uh um shows in different places and i did do that i did you know work with bands and play live music but it's more uh any subject we talk about it's the idea of listening and having it be a two-way street the idea that i want to be able to give my passions to my son right but if he's not receptive to anything that i like to be okay with whatever he likes and try to be receptive to what he likes so right it is funny who knows what that'll be i mean yeah yeah you know i would never have been able to share your passion for it for mm-hmm. tech and for computers because they it just weren't around when i was growing up <laughs> yeah all right my it work now is abe and mark in my office abe will be 40 in june and mark's in his mid 40s um and i'm 35 me in my office it's how do i do something like this on my computer and i'm over here going I'm just going to do the same thing you should be doing right now is Googling it. (laughs) Like you're asking me something out loud that I'm literally going to type in my computer and then tell you the answer because I looked it up online to tell you the answer. You're just not smart enough to go on there and do it yourself. (laughs) It's so funny how how much. And there's people I know that are in their 50s who type the question out on Facebook and wait for an answer. What time (laughs) is the Olympics on tonight? What? Just you Google. type that in Google, it will come up as the top thing when the Olympics are on tonight. <laughs> well, like you, you mentioned passion. earlier, when you got the 17-minute file for the solstice yes. music, you, you, you separated them. Yep. I, I, could, I don't know how to do that. I don't... 
And actually, I, I, I did upload them uh, to a website that doesn't charge you any fees or uh, it basically gives you royalties, but I'm like, it's not going to give us royalties. Um, so you can actually listen to Solstice United on Spotify now. Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to listen online, you can actually listen Ooh. to it online. It's a little fun uh, to think it's back number on that. 187,000 with a bullet. Yes. <laughs> But uh, it, yeah, so I knew how to do that. And I do have that technology background and, and I did work IT stuff. Um, but there's also like passions like you guys, you were like into watching sports. You like to watch football and stuff like that. But like you weren't like diehard. You weren't like no. into it. We got into basketball and playing yeah. uh, uh, sports. Um, yeah. You could play with us if we were going to kick the soccer ball around. But it's not like you were watching European soccer on TV on Saturday morning no. at four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning like some parents no. are. Because um, I'm a man. Yes, it's soccer. <laughs> I like playing soccer, but once once I stopped playing soccer, uh, it didn't mean anything to me anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, it's there's... Funny, like when you talk about sports, me and Gretchen, um, and we did this more so, I think, as a couple, as a married couple than as parents. But we it was probably like four or five years ago, we were like, we had no cable TV. Like we didn't have TV cable for the first like 10 years of our marriage really. And then we finally were like, we should start watching basketball. And we just like, as a couple said, let's do this as something to do together. Like let's find something that we could, you know, get excited about together. And we got a PlayStation view at the time. And now we use YouTube TV, but, and we watched the Celtics every single game. And we usually watch it with Jude. He's a super big Celtics fan, but we, it's like, we didn't, she grew up with basketball and I played like when I was real little, but I never really watched the NBA growing up much, but we, as a couple were like, we're going to start a new habit about basketball. And now our whole family's like Celtics lovers and Mm -hmm. we watch it. We talk it all the time. And so it's kind of funny, like, you know, sometimes you come up with brand new interests and as a family yeah. and you just get into those. And sometimes it's a conscious choice that you're like, Hey, we're, we're just, we're going to do this. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it's something you grew up with, you know, that. And I mean, if we, as the parent, you also have the ability to steer it in a certain direction or not. <laughs> so if it's like, you didn't want to watch basketball, you would never have brought up that you want to watch basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> kids have friends. One of, it's funny. Yeah. Jude, one of his Jude's friends is, really big into dungeons and dragons and so like i don't know the first thing and jude gets on a zoom call with his friends and they do they have like an app on their phone and they like roll all these (laughs) dice and they play dungeons and dragons nothing that i would ever be interested in but he loves it and so it's it it's just like a total crapshoot what they're going to be into Uh and well, you Sometimes. better take your son fishing, or I'm going to. Well, that's, oh, that's we the go thing. Fishing. We do. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be going fishing with Brian. So that's the fun thing too. I mean, there obviously, you hopefully, um, you I mean obviously when my son is old enough to actually take into fishing, sure. uh, Jude Jude is also <laughs> going to be old enough to be one of the guys, and, and he'd be like with you and me, Brian, an yeah. older dude, like you know, in high school and all that stuff. When I'm bringing my son, uh, and maybe Jude's the one that helps teach him some things. Yeah, that's scary you know, to think, but yeah, yeah. Think about that right there. <laughs> You'll be an old man. Awesome. I know every well, year funny. I'm like, we got to go fishing more this year, Jude. And then we go a bunch, we go a decent amount up to camp and stuff, but we don't go near as much as I ever I mean, do in the spring. Yeah. What's funny you, is, uh, you can put a golf club in his hand and give me the next Tiger Woods. 
Yeah, see that. <laughs> that's Maybe. the funny thing. Is like, it's to me is the biggest challenge for me is gonna be to step back and let my son do what he wants to do and not be one of those parents to try to live their dreams through their kids uh, and step back and go, I want you to be an NBA star. So let's go play basketball and not be like, oh, I want you to be an NBA star because I wasn't an NBA star. That's yeah. why I want to be an NBA star. I mean, I want oh. my son to be an NBA star because that's success and he's the best at his position and best in the world. Yes, right. but not right. because I wanted to be one and I'm not. <laughs> and at the yeah. same time, it is our responsibility as parents or as dads to uh, expose them to some opportunities yeah. they would yeah. not necessarily think of themselves. Correct. I would never have thought to play golf. To yeah. me, I watched it on TV. It was the most boring thing in the world. Now I could actually watch it on TV because now that I've played it, mm -hmm. yeah. I understand how difficult that really is to do. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, so if, if, uh, if you expose them to golf, to fishing, to basketball, yep. to football, yeah, you're right. They went to music. They will latch on to something. They'll find something, something will yeah. click. And yeah. we were able to go yeah. golfing for my uh, my bachelor party before the wedding. We were able to yeah. go golfing uh, this past summer, uh, which yeah. actually Brian performed the wedding. But um, the funny thing is, the place that we used to go fishing every year uh, was uh, what was the place called, Dad? Keezer Lake. <laughs> Keezer Lake. Lake. There you go. Yeah. Keezer <laughs> Lake. You were the pickle monster. <laughs> the pickle meister. So we uh, we used to go That's fishing, funny. but we go fishing a lot. But it was like every year around my birthday, we'd go for my birthday weekend and we go out right. there and I, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't as much of a nut as, uh, Doug. what's his name? Doug and Derek. Derek. And Derek. yeah. And all of them. He's still fishing all every weekend now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He loves it. So of course, nothing wrong with having a son that ends up being a Bassmaster pro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that'd be pretty cool. Like, like I said, it's like, it, but you want is if your son or your daughter or your kid gets in love for music or whatever it may be that you want them to still be the best at it. Yeah. Uh, but it's the, it's that challenge and that borderline of like not pushing them so far into it because you want them to be successful because you weren't successful at that. Yeah. Or you didn't have that. I just, uh, you just want, you want your kids to be able to like, I was saying this to somebody the other day. Um, uh, my sermon on Sunday, Easter, uh, I referenced the day everything changed for me, February 16th, 1984. I became a dad. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. <laughs> and I even mentioned you. I said, it's really cool that my son is going to be able to experience that because it does change you. You, you may look the same, may sound the same, but trust me, you've changed. I am now responsible for this little carbon-based life form. I'm supposed to nurture it and care for it and provide for it and protect it and love it and da da da. da. And uh, sometimes, if I if I didn't have mom's scrapbook, yeah, to look at, man, my whole life of raising you guys just went whoosh. <laughs> it was like I had Jeremy in 1984, and then yesterday I woke up. I'm 57. Yeah. So yeah. what you really want in my opinion, is to have your kids be able to say, I remember when my dad and I fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Whatever it is. Exactly. Memories. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's funny thing to think about is like, you know, like as we finish up here is that if I would have had a child, uh, had my middle son, my second son, when you did it, uh, it would have been like, the kid would have been like 15 years old by now. 
<laughs> oh, I know. I know. It, uh, I've been waiting. <laughs> well, it, is, it is funny because I do have friends from when I used to work at Best Buy in Bangor and in high school and stuff like that that bring their kids into Orna Brewing Company and have 14-year-old, 13-year-old kids. And yeah. I just like, like, and because I moved away for 10 years too, I didn't see that kid grow up for a while. So to yeah. me, it like blinked and I was like, when did you have a kid that's that yeah, big? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? So God knows uh, what I, he's doing because this was the right time and the right, oh, yeah. the yeah. right place. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, and maybe you'll be like, super me, excited. when I bring Jude places, he's like two inches shorter than me. He's, he's going <laughs> to outgrow me in another year or so. And they'll be like, holy crap, Brian. He's huge. <laughs> he is. Well, that doesn't say much, Brian, because you're like, what, four, I am, eight, four, nine? I'm five, nine, <laughs> at least. Five, eight, five, nine. So, but, oh. uh, so yeah, so I, I guess, I guess the morale, the morale, the, 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 the moral, subject, the uh, moral, moral, yeah, yeah. Other story is that no matter what, all these podcasts we're going to talk about is the idea of introducing something to your kids uh, as a father, but also knowing that they have their own uh, minds and their own futures and their own, you know, loves. Uh, I love some things that, again, music-wise, got my base with the, the the sticks and in the solstice of my childhood. <laughs> but now my music, when you play a music in here, is nothing like that. It, they have guitars and drums in them, um, but I got my own identity. Um, but I started off with a bass, and that's something that my parents were able to give me um, and something that I could hopefully move on and brian at some point your kids will learn that you played in some really awful bands and uh <laughs> i mean what awfully awesome awesome yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But none of that is any of your music available online yet or no uh take courage has some stuff on like a band camp okay website somewhere. and i know legend has it actually yeah. matt put up all the legend has its stuff on Spotify and Apple music. So the first EP that I did when I was in the band is on there. It's just funny. Yeah. I would just say, is it online yet? Because anybody who's in a band now, it's like, it's the second it comes out, it's online. So yeah, we're trying to find this music from 1991 to put it on the internet. Now it's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. we recorded it yesterday. We approved it. We proved it yesterday. It's online tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I have some cassettes of some home recordings. I'll send them up to you. <laughs> That's awesome. This is going to go on Spotify eBay. Page. You can put it on my uh, Solstice page, whatever it's called. eBay. You can buy this on eBay. It's going to go up for $499.99. It was going to go for 1000 but it's now out of the cellophane. It's been touched, uh, um, yeah. which is funny because there's probably a box of these somewhere. I have probably a dozen of them left. Yeah. Yeah, I got a bunch of Enemy Within CDs from back, enemy in, high within. Was back <laughs> in high school. Bangor high school days. Throwback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I, I so we, you know, music is one of the subjects. I guess I mean we'll have you on again, uh, my dad on again, um, to talk um religion a little bit more about religion. We did talk a little bit in this episode about, you know, that kind of stuff too. But like in the future, we'll talk one that's basically around, you know, bring your child, you know, I was 10 years old, uh roughly, you know when we moved to Bangor, when my dad became a pastor, but yeah. um, there's a big subject on that, talking about that and, and having your kids grow up and make their own decisions again, uh, versus also uh, giving them a base to go off of uh, in the future. But this episode, we talked about music and I love having my dad on again. This is pretty cool. He found out about it yesterday. That he was going to be on. He was pretty happy after <laughs> I called him on Absolutely. Easter and I was like, happy Easter. You want to record tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely. That's all right. I had my uh, hard boiled eggs a little while ago and I'm good to go. <laughs> I had my ramen noodles. 
Man. I lost track of time and I was like, I need to eat something. And Brian was eating something when we came on air. So I was, I was eating some, uh, mini vanilla wafers. There you go. <laughs> I just watched a documentary yesterday on a history channel about the Nabisco, the national biscuit company. Oh, fascinating story. Interesting. <laughs> next, next time on rocking the dad. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive into but, history. Uh, of we, Nabisco. we really appreciate you coming on dad. Um, and uh, I love being here. You know, this is really cool because this is a dad podcast. Now we have this like multi-layer thing and had my dad on. At some point, we'll get Brian's, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out here. It'll be fun to do uh, some more uh, podcasts with other dads. Yeah. Uh, Ryan was supposed to come on at some point. He'll join us to talk about hunting. We've got ones coming up. I think Mike, my buddy Mike's going to come on, uh, who's also a dad, but also is a dad to his non-kids, just people, including myself. Uh, and some other fun ones. And then we'll do one in June with just me being a dad. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I, if it ever is uh, whatever, appropriate, doable, whatever, yep. I'm going down, as you know, next week yep. to uh, visit my dad. And while I'm there, I could teach him on the computer how to, how to use, use Zoom. That might be interesting just to interview the granddad. Yeah. <laughs> We, we've been talking about doing these snippet two ones where they're yeah. like 10, 10, 15 minutes. Um, that because he was quite the piano player when he was younger, and just Actually, talking I, about I narrated my interest of music and history from him. He bought my very first 45. You'll never guess what it is in no. a million years. <laughs> Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with that. My first CD was bought by them. My first CD that I ever owned was bought by Grammy and Grandpa. Grandpa. Really? Yes. What do you mean? Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> you I said got that Don't online? I, I yeah. Got, I got Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was man. like, it was like, in, I, I remember it. It was like, probably, I mean, we were living in Kittery, but it was just like one of those things that it was a random thing. I don't know. It's possible that he got someone gave it to him for free, and he's just like, "Here, how's it going?" <laughs> but uh, I just remember that from vividly. Brian, what was your first CD or music? <sighs> Man, Raffi. I'm trying to th the the two that ring in my head would have been <laughs> Boys to Men. All right, <laughs> yeah. This I remember there. It was like my sister's 15th birthday or 16th. I don't know. We went to Portland to a boys to men concert for her birthday and i remember going to that that was like my first concert for they sure can sing. um but it was either that or i i distinctly remember getting um the president's united states of america the oh, album yeah. say, yeah. came out <laughs> but i don't think that was my first cd but that was the first one <laughs> boys to men. let's go with boys to men there go you go boys, to men. boys <laughs> to men there you go it also shows your age too yeah it um, does <laughs> But I just thought really, it was funny because my dad had no idea who Frank Zappa was. Yeah. He just liked the title, Don't Eat Yellow Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something you do too. I mean, I have uh, at OBC to finish this up. At OBC, we have a, my Voodoo account, which is an online, like when you buy a Blu ray, it's the mm -hmm. code inside. You type the code in online and it adds it to your digital library so you can watch it anywhere. And uh, we put that up on the TV at OBC every once in a while, like on a random Saturday when there's a bunch of people in there i'm like instead of watching a sports event or uh we usually put like skateboarding videos on or something i'll put a movie on and and, and i'll be scrolling through there and about halfway down is a movie called justin and the knights of valor and i got that 
uh, I was actually at Jeremy's wedding weekend. You gave it to me and it was in the backseat of the car. Uh, it was not that long <laughs> ago, but it's just kind of funny. I was like, I, I honestly, we watched it once. I don't remember what it's all about at all. It's an animated movie, but it always comes up and people are always laughing because they know it's my account. And they're like, you have a movie named Justin. Like, yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. It sounds like my dad bought it because it said Justin when he was in the Walmart right. or Target and you just saw it and you're like, oh, it says Justin. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Makes sense. Which is the, what's going to happen for the future for this kid too. Everything is going to be something like that too. So, but <laughs> sweet. Uh, Thank you very much, Dad. I appreciate you coming on. That's Adam Soderberg, my dad. Great, Great to see you guys. See you, Brian. Take care. Good see seeing you. Son. you.